near, far, wherever you are, your heart has brought you right back here. Oh. <clears throat> huh? A little Celine Dion, huh? Well, I was thinking about heart-related songs. Uh, this is the epic theme from the Titanic. There Who could go. forget? <clears throat> is oh, that it? Is all That's all say? I had. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you say, I got the intro, and then Sorry. you just basically <laughs> say some the song lyrics. I had intro star. Okay. Um, we are back. This is part two of our conversation on what does your heart love most. Um, if you are just joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh, go back and listen to last week's episode, which is part one of this conversation. We are literally going to be picking up mid-conversation. Well, now, right? since you started us off with uh, with song lyrics, you make me think of uh, shares if I could turn back time, because you need to turn back time and go back to that previous episode. So mm. that you can... <laughs> anyway. Two divas in the start <laughs> of this episode. Nothing could be further from like, the <laughs> genre that we even listen to. Oh, anyway, it shows how uh, shows how truly ubiquitous those songs are. Yeah, ubiquitous. That's your word of the day. Look it up. Whoa, <laughs> this All is right. doable discipleship, by the way. A South right. Church podcast designed to deepen your faith, otherwise known as the show that helps you grow. I know but I messed it up. You did whatever. mess it up again. Okay, that's how I say it. You know. Okay, so now we have two versions of the <laughs> of our tagline. Anyway, uh, please enjoy the rest of this uh, conversation that we're having on what your heart loves most. Uh, and then the third word that you're going to write down is power. Power. We all want to be strong and capable, to be in control of our own destiny. We want to be independent. We want to get promoted. We want the power to make our dreams into a reality. But, but sometimes it isn't enough for us to have power over our own lives. Sometimes we try to control other people too. You may not consider yourself a strong or a pushy person, but that doesn't mean that you aren't out for power. Some of us manipulate in in small and in quiet ways to gain the upper hand and get our way. We may find that we gossip about others at work or in social settings to undermine them because we want to be the ones with the most influence. Whatever it is, is this desire for power has many faces, but it's a, it's a desire that all of us share. We all want to feel that we have a sense of control, or oftentimes it can even be that we want to be perceived as, as above others or as important, and it's the, it's the idea of, of power mm-hmm. that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. The, these, these desires are all very interwoven, so... Sometimes we want power because power gives us the ability to gain the pleasure we want, or we want power because power will get us the esteem that we want. These are all very interconnected, which takes us on to the last one. Uh, The fourth one, the fourth word you're going to write down on the far uh, right-hand side will be the word security. We all want to feel safe and secure. We want to live at peace. And the desire for security is a factor in all sorts of areas of life. It's a factor when we're building relationships, when we're choosing our future mate, when we're choosing a career, deciding what neighborhood to live in, and in so many other arenas of life. We want to feel like we're protected. And if we can't feel protected, we at least want to feel like we're prepared in case something bad ever happens. You know, worldwide, anxiety is a massive problem for millions, if not billions of people worldwide. Like, it may be in the billions worldwide. Because the world is a very complicated place. It's full of uncertainty. It's a place that makes us feel very vulnerable and unsafe. We may feel powerless, and that may make us feel insecure. 
But this world that we live in puts us in a constant state of stress. It, it places us in a state that is not sustainable, that we are not made we were not married. We were not made to carry that load of stress indefinitely. So we treasure security. We we love security. Whenever we can find an environment or a situation that makes us feel secure, we gravitate toward it. It may look different for each of us, but security is something we all value. We may have different, you know, safety zones. We may have different comfort zones, but we all want security at some level. So we all treasure pleasure, esteem, power, and security. I hope you can see at this point that Jesus' teaching on the heart is about way, way more than just money. After all, people who love money mostly just want money because it will buy them these four other things, right? They want money because they want the pleasure that money can buy. They want money because they want the esteem of being wealthy, or they want the power that money can bring, the ability to control their circumstances, or they want to feel safe and secure, so they go for money. Now, the, the heart, though— as we're discussing, it goes way deeper than just plain old-fashioned materialism. Now, that can be an issue. Materialism can be problematic, and Jesus certainly taught against materialism. But materialism itself is actually a, a much more surface-level problem than these heart issues that we're talking about, than these fundamental human treasures that we're discussing and that the Bible lays out for us. Okay, so this brings us back to our exercises. So you've written down these four words. You've made this little axis. On the, on the other part of the axis— it's it, the y-axis, y if you will. <laughs> uh, that's basically your treasure part. That's the acknowledging how much you treasure each of these. So what you're going to do is create a little bar graph, and you're going to just make a little bar over each one of these, indicating how much you would say that you treasure those areas of your life. And yeah. honestly, don't overthink it. Just go with your instinct. Go with your gut on this and be honest with yourself. Nobody's going to see it. I'm not going to ask you to scan it and send it to us so we can analyze them. No, <laughs> that'd be messed up. This is for you. <laughs> <laughs> Sally from North Dakota really loves pleasure. Yeah, on next wow. week's episode, we're going to be going over. All... No, no, no. <laughs> um, so this is just for you. It, 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 it's a heart check in this. Um, now, so as you're doing it, this is where many people probably expect a pastor to say that these things are bad, mm. um, that that if you were just good Christians, you wouldn't be into any of these yucky things. Yeah, power, who do you think you are? Yeah, you know, what is that? Pleasure, disgusting. <laughs> but in fact, uh, that that is not what Jesus taught. That's not what Jesus taught at all. Notice that Jesus didn't say, do not store up treasures. What he said was, store them in heaven rather than on earth, because if you store them in heaven, they will last forever. See, Jesus never condemns people for desiring pleasure or esteem or power or security. In fact, he promises that we will have all these things in heaven. Not only does he want you to have the treasure, but he wants you to enjoy it forever. Yeah. But he does make one point extremely clear. Now, these are not these are not evils. Pleasure, esteem, power, and security, they are they are things that human beings were meant to enjoy. But he does make something very, very clear. He commands us to seek these things in God's kingdom and in God's way. This is the important distinction. There's a there's an ancient technique that humans have used in the past to catch monkeys. Maybe you've heard of this before, and it, it actually gives a very powerful object lesson of exactly what we're teaching and what Jesus was teaching. I love that you're giving our listeners an insight into your hobbies. 
Yeah, monkey catching. Yeah, <laughs> can't get enough. <laughs> can't have enough monkeys. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, there's this old technique, and, and actually, you can go on YouTube and actually see it working. You can actually see somebody using this technique right there. There's like these old timey videos of, of like you know ancient native people on like islands and stuff. You know, places where monkeys actually live. You know, showing showing this technique, and, and it goes like this: you start with a container. Could be a could be a jar could be a, a hollowed out coconut, something like that, whatever you've got nearby. You take that container, and you're going to make a little hole in that container. This is the technique. Make a small hole. And then you're going you're gonna to tie that uh, container off to a tree or something like that so the monkey can't run off with it. And inside the container, the hunter will place just a couple little pieces of fruit or something like that, just something that will entice the monkey to come along. The key in this whole operation is the size of the hole. The size of the hole is just large enough for the monkey to slip its hand inside. But once it's grabbed the fruit, grabbed the treasure inside, it is unable to pull its fist out of the container. Its fist is too wide to come out of the container with the fruit. Now, the monkey could easily slip its hand back out again, but in order to do that, the monkey would have to let go of the treasure, would have to let go of the fruit, the thing that enticed him in the first place, and he will not do it. And so the monkey just sits there and fights and fights and fights and struggles and wrestles with this container, tries to get his hand out, won't let go of the treasure inside, just fights and fights and fights. The hunter comes back, maybe minutes or hours later, depending. No muss, no fuss, grabs the monkey, cuts the cord, off they go. Monkey is now captured. Now, the, the, the key picture here is that the monkey ends up captured because he's unwilling to sacrifice a small treasure to gain his freedom. He doesn't know how to sacrifice a part for the sake of the whole. And we aren't all that different. So we cling to the treasures of earth. And Jesus is saying that if you want to have the treasures in heaven that I promise, you're going to have to learn to loosen your grip on the things that are here on earth. Jesus' question to his disciples throughout their training was, do you love God enough and are you disciplined enough to sacrifice temporary treasures here on earth so that you can have everlasting treasures in the kingdom of heaven? Or are the treasures of earth just too enticing for you to let go of? You might be thinking, I don't know if I'm ready for some big sacrifice. I like the treasures of earth, and I'm not sure I'm ready to give up all that. These are our UK listeners, apparently. <laughs> yes. Good job. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, it's okay to feel that way. It is. I feel it too, honestly. And I'm pretty sure that Jesus' disciples felt that way as well. But maybe there are some you know, small steps that you can take to start moving in that direction. It doesn't have to be you know, giant leaps and bounds all at once. Just start making a, a little changes. Start taking little steps. So, uh, as we talk about that, why don't we wrap up by talking about how to steer your heart toward heaven little by little? Uh, well, the first thing to do is spend time developing your relationship with God. First Timothy 4, 7 says, take time and trouble to keep yourself spiritually fit. You know, it's, it's really hard to love someone that you don't spend time with. And we're talking about, about, moving our heart towards God and focusing on, on, on our love for him. And you can only do that by spending time with him. Spending just a little bit of time in prayer or, or in your Bible each day is, is such a simple habit, but it can have a big impact on your connection to God and his kingdom. And Jesus 
modeled this himself. We see in Luke 5, it says, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. See, Jesus was in the habit himself of spending time with his Father. He drew strength from his time with God. And just just know that making time to connect with God, it, it, it might require you to cut back on something that gives you pleasure. It's literally about assessing your priorities in your time, assessing how you are spending that time. So it's so you just have to ask the question, is it worth it to you? Is it worth it to cut back on something that you may find pleasure in to spend time focusing on your relationship with God? Hmm. Second, use your abilities and energy to serve others. So if you want to steer your heart toward heaven, use your abilities and energy to serve others. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Using your abilities to serve others might not be glamorous. Uh, In fact, it might be, you know, it might require you to do a very humble job. Um, Like monkey catching. Like monkey catching or cleaning up after them, heaven forbid. Yeah. Uh, It might not win you the esteem that you crave, but... If you do serve others with humility and love, it will store up treasures for you in heaven. That is a promise that God repeats. One of the benefits of being a part of the Saddleback family is that there are tons and tons of ways for you to serve other people. So if you're like, okay, I want to do this. I, I want to start, start relinquishing a little bit of my earthly treasure so I can have treasure in heaven, so I, I can close, you know, draw closer in my bond with Christ. Um, there's a real simple way for you to do that. Just go to saddleback.com slash ministry, and you can just use a search field there and look for all kinds. There's like 500 ministries at Saddleback that you can be a part of. So there is something that fits your shape and something that will uh, give you a great outlet for ministry and store up some treasures for you in heaven. Yeah, I can, just, a- place. I can just ask you because you'd probably know. Is it hard to clean up after a monkey? Because don't they just toss it your way? <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah <laughs> there you go okay i think if a monkey's throwing poop at you you got bigger problems than the poop itself that's <laughs> a, i think true. that's a dominance behavior Uh-oh. you want to look out for he's he, it starts with throwing poop the monkey wants power the monkey ripping your jaw off. oh dear well that's chimpanzees they're, a turn. <laughs> they're just so violent and horrible yeah uh okay number three in this so we talked about um spend time developing your relationship with God. We talk about using your abilities and energy to serve others. Now we're talking about patiently endure trials and temptation. Turning your heart toward heaven might require you to turn your back on some old ways of thinking and some old ways of acting. And you you may have to exercise some self-discipline to get through hard seasons of life or to overcome old destructive habits. Now, this can be really difficult, but God loves to reward his kids for doing what's right, especially when it's hard to do. God knows what is hard for you. That's something that's so important for us to remember, that God knows the things that you struggle with. God knows what will be easy for you to start doing or hard for you to start doing or easy for you to give up or hard for you to give up. God is aware of this. He knows we're only dust. He knows we're only dust. Um, Paul says in Galatians 6, 9, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up, if we don't get tired of doing what is good. So if you take time to reflect, God might just bring something to mind that needs to be dealt with. 
and by the way, this is where a small group comes in comes really in handy. We all need people in our lives who will keep us encouraged and keep us on track when we deal with trials and temptations. And this is like having an accountability partner or a mentor or something like that. It's having these people in your life that you can go to and share and share with what you are are going through and what you are struggling with. And then the fourth thing is invest resources in things that matter to God. Giving generously to others is one of the best ways to live with the kingdom of God in mind. Now, God is a giving God. God is a giver. John 3.16 tells us that. He says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And when we live with generosity, we are behaving like citizens of God's kingdom. I want to read here a passage from Luke 12. It's Luke 12, 29 through 33. He says, Don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world, but your Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up a treasure for you in heaven. So maybe your next step that you have to take after this is to give up a little of your own security and make a financial sacrifice to help someone in need. Mm, Yep. Let's sum it all up here with number five, uh, and that is follow the example of Jesus. Jesus set us an example. You know, we've talked about four good things. This is kind of the the, the culminating one, the wrap-up one. But in Philippians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul summarized Jesus' life just really perfectly. And it's interesting because in the first couple of verses, we're actually going to see these four, these four loves, or these four, not four loves, the four treasures, the four things we all treasure actually cropping up. Here's what Paul says. He says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Let me read that again and, and point out these four, these four treasures that, that are coming up here in, in Paul's writing. Don't be selfish. So, so don't be thinking only of your own pleasure. Don't try to impress others. Don't be on the lookout for esteem. Don't be hunting for the esteem of others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. So not placing yourself on the top of the power hierarchy. And don't look out only for your own interests or your own security, but take an interest in others too. Take an interest in the affairs of others. He goes on, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name that is above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." So Jesus sacrificed his privileges as God. He laid aside his pleasure, his esteem, his power, the security of heaven. 
He came to the broken and desperate kingdom of earth where we were hopeless. He poured out all his treasure, even giving up his own life. Why? Because you are what his heart loved most. And because he humbled himself and obeyed his father to the very end, holding nothing back, God has honored him and lifted him up to the place of honor and glory above all others. And so the the question is, or the, the, the action step for you is, maybe you can think of a small way to follow in the footsteps of Jesus this week. We've given you a few steps. Just start there. Start with those very simple steps that we've given you. Uh, this whole uh, episode, this whole second episode of this two-parter, uh, has basically been a series of doables for you to start start acting on. Um, but let's wrap up with one more a reminder that we've got our event coming up on August 14th with Todd Miles. Um, do make sure you check that one out. If, if you're in uh, realistic driving distance, come on out to Lake Forest and join us for the very first ever Doable Discipleship Live event. Don't miss that. It is groundbreaking. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a pivotal moment. All words that have been um, used to describe it. Yep. It's uh, gonna... It's a game changer. What else? It's, it's, it's all people are talking about. It's all everyone's talking about. Um, yeah, you'll, you'll probably see this in the tabloids. <laughs> uh, you'll, I think LA Times is going to cover this thing. Yeah, it's going to run a exclusive. Yeah, <laughs> exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, anyway, make sure you register for that. Uh, go to the link in the show notes and check that out. Uh, thanks so much for listening to this two-part series. We love you, and we'll talk to you again next Tuesday. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of video content. And if you're already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcasts on Apple Podcasts or your favorite app, so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts. Send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Oh,